What is going on, my fellow geeks? Three movies with elves and a guy with a white beard. Not a lot of people accept it as canon. 2022 will be the year of Star Wars. Well, I have more than just one piece of geek news. I have been Isaac Hunter. Which is like high culture, but better. Hello, fellow geeks, and welcome back to Raving Geeks, the weekly pop culture podcast where we talk all things geeky and geek culture, which is like high culture, but better. My name is Hope Goodall, host of the Raving Geeks podcast, along with my co-hosts who will introduce themselves in a minute with our question of the week. We want to uh, welcome you all to the first episode of season eight. And if you're joining us for the first time and you like this episode, you can check out our other seasons and other episodes um, at cm-life.com and any other place you listen to podcasts like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. Just search up Central Michigan Life Podcasts, Raving Geeks. Um, so it has been about a month or a little bit over a month since we all got to see each other, got to have a nice break. Um, not as much snow as I would have liked. I don't know about you two, but so first off, how was your break? And also what was one geeky thing that you did over break? Uh, I was in Mexico, so I didn't get any snow. <laughs> Gosh, um, Carter, what the heck? You know, You're supposed to have snow in winter. I know. <laughs> I know. I was in Playa del Carmen drinking uh, pina, pina coladas on the beach. Uh, one geeky thing I did do was read a bunch of books. I've read I read three books in a week, and I've never done that before. So that was very satisfying to do. You had a what lot of time. What? Uh, you had a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, I did have a lot of time. I had a week, so we did yeah, a whole bunch of nothing. All we did was eat food and swim in the beach. So that was really nice. No, that sounds perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my my holiday was really really awesome um it was back in michigan back in my hometown and that that winter storm that we had was just freezing i i i'm not a fan of the cold so that was not fun but um otherwise it was fantastic i got to see my brother and that's the first time in two years i've seen him since he's uh left for japan so it it was a really nice time and the, the one thing that I really did that was geeky was completely finished from start to finish uh, the Callisto Protocol. I got that for Christmas and it is a very, very, very gory sci-fi game. Very fun, but has a few faults. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Um, I was at, my winter break was good. I got to work and make $600 over four days um because subbing in my hometown um and then we had a snow day on the last day uh but I got to sub for one of my old teachers chemistry teacher and so one part geeky thing more nerdy than geeky um was I did the work that the students were supposed to do Mm. so like I filled out the chemistry sheets I am 99% certain I got them all right um but the other thing is we caught up on some movies that we've been putting off because we're like, we need to have time to watch them together. Don't have time. Uh, so like Enola Holmes 2 was one that we caught up on, um, which was a really good movie. We also watched uh, the movie Matilda, which is the musical version based mm-hmm. on the actual Broadway musical, 
Um, so yeah, those are some geeky things that we did. Very geeky. Yes. Uh, so on to geek news. What have you guys got for us today? Um, uh, I've got some. I've got some news actually. Uh, if I can pull it up correctly. Um, first off is uh, Matt Reeves started writing the Batman 2, which is really nice. I really can't wait until that comes out. Um, Marvel Studios uh, reportedly has a plan to eventually reveal Kang as the one who wrote the Darkhold, which was the magic book from Doctor Strange 2. So that'll be actually kind of cool. Even though I know in the comic books it's the god Cthon, but I don't know. I, I think it'll be like a cool little twist since Kang can be anybody in the multiverse. There's an Iron Man version of Kang. There's a Captain America version of Kang in the comic book. So I think it's plausible. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons is getting a live action series on Paramount Plus, which is really exciting. And the new trailer for Ant-Man Quantumania came out this week. So that was really cool. And that's that, all geek news. Yeah, yeah. That actually does sound really cool. Um matt reeves doing batman 2 like starting it Mm -hmm. i'm incredibly excited for that that was definitely my part of my top five movies of last year yes definitely so that that definitely makes me happy to know that it's possibly happening no no it is happening like warner brothers already said it is happening that's the only confirmed dc movie that's happening after aquaman 2 and flash flash is still happening yeah stupidly yeah Yeah, i still feel so off about that i don't want to talk about that that's that's a whole nother conversation we can at least admire that blue beetle is happening though i love Beetle's getting a solo movie it does actually bring some of the news that i do have i'm pretty sure um ezra miller actually did plead guilty to he pled guilty yes for a trespassing charge. he's only um, getting fined six hundred dollars though yeah. yeah he's avoiding jail time i can't believe that at least he's facing charge some kind of charge six hundred dollars is nothing that it would be like a dollar it is nothing i'm very aware of that which is why i'm still mad about it I, I'm more upset that there's rumors that Warner Brother executives are also thinking that it's okay if if Ezra Miller, they, they might still be a part of Warner Brothers and being Flash, so... There's I no way. Know. There's no way that it's only... They still have Amber Heard. I was going to say... A, not convicted, <laughs> but court decided by jury that she is an abuser. I, and I they're still keeping her. <laughs> I'm I'm shocked that the you know the, these are rumors. Who knows what they they do with uh, Ezra? They they could do whatever, but otherwise, um, yeah. That that is one rumor that I've heard lately, and it's kind of terrifying to think that they're okay with that type of behavior. But I digress. Um, the the last bit of news, I guess I have a lot of criminal charges ones. Um, Justin Roiland, who has made Rick and Morty, co-created Rick and Morty, uh, recently made the the uh, divisive game High on Life uh, for the Xbox. He just uh, he he's been charged 
with I want to say battery um and that the the trial's still ongoing but yeah the, it just got announced like maybe 2 to 3 hours ago mm. fantastic yeah we love all our creators and people that we're supposed to look up to for good role models decide like rules don't apply to me yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh so my news will stay on the disturbing news for a moment um so the eloise hospital that was turned into a um horror um mansion like asylum as well that people could go in for halloween and pay to be scared and everything um is being turned into a hotel and a restaurant for $4 million. Have we learned nothing about turning haunted um, insane asylums into hotels? Apparently nobody's learned anything from The Shining, which is really disappointing. <laughs> um, but on happier news, we're still keeping with like the horror gothic era. Netflix, ha Netflix has officially renewed Wednesday for season two. It's not going to Amazon Prime, which a lot of people were speculating for some reason um, that it was going to be moving over to Amazon Prime. It's not. It's staying on Netflix. Um, in other awesome news that is coming out, we have for fans of Zoe 101, the old uh, Nickelodeon show, uh, we are getting a movie called Zoe 102 with all of like the original cast members. Um, so Jamie Lynn Spears is coming back uh, for Zoe Brooks. It's going to be a Paramount Plus film. Um, and it's set to debut later this year, which is surprising because we're just hearing about it now. So apparently they're going to push through it. Um, but so the idea is that the original characters will uh they are coming back as alumni to reunite for a wedding in the present day so besides uh jamie lynn's yeah jamie lynn spears uh we've got aaron sanders who played quinn sean flynn as chase matthew underwood as logan christopher massey as michael abby wilde as stacy and jack salvatore as mark um del figolo don't remember him but well yeah so i'm excited for that mm -hmm. um and then we've got news of frankie munez um he is no longer going to be acting he is going full-time nascar driver which is oh, really surprising no. to me considering i think it was from nascar race that he like broke his back and was paralyzed for a while um but he said that the birth of his son inspired him to follow his dreams and to go into race car driving full time. So he is set to compete as a full time race car driver in NASCAR's ARCA Menard series beginning February 18th at Daytona International Speedway. He will race the number 30 Ford Mustang for Rhett Jones Racing. Um, so, yeah. That is super interesting to me, but also knowing that he was Agent Cody Banks, I'm also not surprised. So, <laughs> Malcolm in the Middle was hands down like my favorite sitcom, still to this day. 
Oh yeah. There, there are very few family sitcoms that match up to Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, exactly. So just know Frankie Muniz, if you're listening, you have my full support and I'll watch you throughout every race. I, I just hope for your safety, buddy. Um, my final bit of news is not geek news, but if you have been following along in the sports world and the football world specifically um, on DeMar Hamlin, he was transported back to Buffalo um, to a hospital there. And that hospital has officially released him to continue rehab at home. So, ha, a scary moment that happened on Monday Night Football that I unfortunately witnessed. Um, he, yeah, he is good. He is making his recovery. Um, don't expect him back for the postseason, but hopefully next season he's back on his feet and at least with the team for like practices and stuff and maybe comes in like halfway through or something, depending on how he's feeling. But this is good progress, especially for the rare uh, medical event that happened. Um, for those of you who don't know, it was called uh, Cromatio Cordis, which happens more in baseball than it does in any other sport. Um, and it's essentially, if you get hard enough in your chest at a specific time, um, during the electrical impulses being sent by your heart, it will stop your heart and send you into cardiac arrest. Mm -hmm. um, so as long as you have like an AED and medical personnel, like right there, it should be fine, but it's still scary as crap. Um, so especially if you're watching it and don't know what's going on. And then they're like, oh yeah, they've been performing CPR for nine minutes. What? nine minutes i actually didn't realize that wow yeah and they yeah it was just there was a lot happening that night and i'm really glad that the um both teams told the nfl they were like we're not playing and i'm glad the nfl decided not to have them try and play again and just continue on with the season so because we're in postseason anyways why does it matter Come so on. All right, so moving into our uh, main topic for tonight, we are going to be talking about, if you are watching from YouTube, you can see Carter and my backgrounds have the Golden Globe Award, award like the actual award. Um, so yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about, the 2023 Golden Globe Awards um, that happened just this past Tuesday on the 10th of January. Um, I did not get the chance to actually watch it, but I was paying attention to who won what, um, especially because like Brendan Fraser was up for an award, but he was not going because he didn't want to be a hypocrite because Hollywood has not officially come out and apologized to him for not believing him and blacklisting him. And so he said, great, I am nominated. Thank you for the nomination, but see ya. So, and I support him fully in that. But so tonight we wanted to talk about like um, each of the different categories and like if we thought that they should have won or if we don't think that what won should have won or who won, um, then what should have if it was nominated or maybe even something that wasn't nominated um, because Hollywood is very much um, still needing to be told if they're right or wrong. And sometimes they don't always make the correct choices, but also it's conversation because we all think that different movies should have won based on different things. And 
if you were here a couple seasons ago, you know that Isaac and Brendan loved the Eternals, and I'm not a fan of it. So, yeah. Um, but so first category we have is Best Picture for Drama. So what was nominated was The Fablemans, Avatar, The Way of Water, Elvis, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. And what won was The Fablemans. So what do you, do you guys think The Fablemans should have won? This was the one that was about Steven Spielberg. Uh, I actually don't mind The Fablemans one. I would have preferred Top Gun Maverick, but it's always nice to see Steven Spielberg get a win. So I have no problem with it. I, I don't have a problem with it either. I, I really think that I have a lot of opinions in a certain way about some of the nominations, you know, for for drama, specifically like Elvis. I I, I tried watching the first 15 minutes of it and it was hard to to say I wanted to continue. Um, and because of that, it, it just kind of made me shocked to see that it even got nominated. Um, and I know this is just me being an absolute geek, but, um, I, I was surprised to not see the Batman actually as, as one of those, just because it, if, if you really look at it from like a, a non-Batman fan, it doesn't really play like a superhero movie. It plays much more like a, a, a um, why am I blinking out, a noir-style film. Well, it wasn't a drama picture, and it wasn't a musical or comedy, which are what the Golden Globes are going for. It's a crime noir film. So it didn't really classify for any of the, the awards, which is why it wasn't there. But, you know, it'll be in the Oscars, so. I guess in a certain way, I would just imagine that drama would just I guess be a huge umbrella for that crime or you know crime war mystery I feel like no matter what it's dramatic in some way well every movie is dramatic in some way I think from like my understanding of drama is it's kind of um overdone so if you think about like Grey's Anatomy on tv and how like that's a drama show versus like scrubs yeah dramatic things happened in scrubs but yeah. it wouldn't be considered a drama show as much as a sitcom can i help you loki is trying to join us he's trying to give his opinions so i apologize um, <laughs> but i i think it's interesting that the fablemans won um you're in the way i love you but you're in the way <laughs> um just because it is steven spielberg and it's about steven spielberg um but i'll be honest like top gun maverick i watched it i love the movie um it, it was more of an action movie for me than it was drama i do agree with that yes so i'm okay with that one not winning but i think for me now granted i'm not a fan of avatar so i can't speak on that and tar um i haven't seen so like i can't speak on that one either but i, I feel like it would have for me come down between the fablemans and elvis 
um, just because I feel like Elvis, this one was so much about his life and like what actually happened in it. Um, and the crap that went on behind the scenes that we didn't know about, um, that he had to deal with and everything and his family had to deal with that those two definitely would have been like one and two. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like the Spielberg one, one, just because it's Steven Spielberg at the same time. Yeah, I feel that's pretty accurate. Um, okay. So our next category, which I personally have issue, just the fact that it's musical slash comedy. Why not have two different categories for a musical and then come what? Why are we competing a musical against a comedy? I, I've actually said, and I, I actually do have a column in CM Life's uh, latest newspaper. I have it on digital, but but yesterday I wrote a column about how the Golden Globes, I I personally think they have too few categories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, we don't need as many as the Oscars necessarily, but like, there are things that could be split. Um, but so, our nominees for best musical slash comedy was The Banshees of Inish Sharon, uh, Babylon with Margot Robbie, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Must Mi the Mystery, Words Are Hard, and <laughs> Triangle of Sadness. And what won was The Banshees of Inish Sharon which I did not realize was a comedy slash musical. It's a dark I comedy. thought it was a drama. It's a, it's a dramedy. What, um, what did you think of Banshees? Because I, I haven't watched it yet, but I would love to hear the opinion about uh, the, the film itself. Well, I didn't watch it all. I just looked it up on HBO Max. I just think it was a dramedy because yeah. it's been described as. Uh, the only ones from low two I, that I've watched are Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I'm glad won a few awards, so I was okay with it not winning Best Picture. Glass Onion got snubbed, though, so hard at this award show. Daniel Craig should have won that award for Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy Film, so I was pretty disappointed by that. So I, I, have, that. I have nothing to say for the Banshees because I didn't actually see the movie, so can't actually say anything i feel like for me just based on what i've seen for banshees is like they were just trying to make a drama like easier to digest be by making it somewhat comedic um from my understandings you know it's all about the i, I want to say civil war um yeah in in ireland which there there is a certain bit of yeah of a, a bit of humor in the idea of people being best friends you know or neighbors or something like that and then being at each other's throat the next day uh -huh. i mean you think about when the wall went up in east and west berlin too i mean there, I mean, there is a bit of comedy in that, but also my sister has neighbors that I could totally see just, you know, if something happened, they'd be like, nope, we're on the opposite side. Sorry. I don't want you in front of... <laughs> Loki's really trying to give his opinion here today. Um, 
I haven't seen Glass Onion Knives Out yet um, because my dad and I wanted to watch the first one first, but it is no longer free on Amazon Prime. I it, almost did the same thing. I, I really wanted to watch Knives Out. You don't have to technically. Okay. Um, the, the best thing about Glass Onion is the fact that the, the only thing that is connecting those two films is Daniel Craig's character. That yeah. is it. And they don't even talk about the Knives Out uh, like case or anything. I think it's because Glass Onion's a prequel to Knives Out. Or is it it's a sequel. I don't remember. It's supposed I, to be a sequel, but it also changed um, who was producing it and putting it out because Knives Out was in Prime Video and Glass Onion is Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could have been, I don't know, Golden Globes are just weird. Um, but yeah, so I guess we don't have a whole ton to say on that one just because we haven't seen the one that won. Um, I will say everything everywhere all at once. I really, really, really wanted to see that one win the award. Um, and I'm okay with it not winning. I'm, I'm not gonna you know, cry over it, but um, I mean, to me, the, the movie, and you're gonna be hearing about this a lot in this episode, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I mean, the, the message that it had, I was crying uh, in the last 30 minutes, just nonstop. Mm-hmm. but that's all, all right. i have to say <laughs> so our next category um is best actress in a motion picture drama um so we had um nominees were kate blanchett olivia coleman viola davis anna de armas and michelle williams and who won was Kate Blanchett um, for Tar, which I totally agree with because just seeing like all the different clips and the trailers and everything, like she, you could tell that she studied up for this role and was trying to be very authentic in who she was portraying. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, trying to be respectful to the person as well. And I think she did a really good job of that. Um, Because like you could see the difference even in just small clips of like when things would switch for the character and and, like you could just see it because she's a very brilliant actress who can work just with her eyes and face more, more than just like meeting her body to do everything you know like some other actors and actresses do like she's very expression and just being um the stoic kind of actress too Mm -hmm. what about you guys i have nothing to say about this category i Um, really i didn't watch anything in this category i wanted honor day or moss to win because she's hot so (laughs) yeah i I really have nothing to say about this category I, I really wish that I did have something to say about it, but I, you guys know me as a video game guy. I, I, 
I watched a lot more comedies because that is my that's my bread and butter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my thing is my one, I guess I'll say my one like frustration is um okay. Ana de Armas is not American, I don't think, but she's still no, white. Cuban. Right. She's a Puerto Rican or Cuban. Yeah, she's Cuban. Cuban. Um, but she's still, I'll say white passing, because she is technically Hispanic mm-hmm. then. Latino. Latina. Um, but just looking at them all, the only one that truly looks different is Viola Davis. And I'm actually kind of annoyed that for her role in The Woman King, that Hollywood still can't fully give like best actress to, like they don't feel comfortable necessarily giving it to a woman of color. And so that'll just be my one thing on it because I think Viola Davis is a beautiful actress as well. Like she does things so well. And I honestly think her movie, The Woman King, like she should have, I don't know, if she, if she wasn't first place, you know, like Kate Blanchett, I hope she was at least second place, like runner up for it, mm-hmm. um, which still sucks. But, you know, come on, Hollywood, let's, let's be okay with not having the white actor, actress win things. I agree. Um. So for our next category, we are best actor, motion picture, drama. We have Austin Butler, Brendan Fraser, Hugh Jackman, Bill Nighy, and Jeremy Pope. Um, and who won was Austin Butler for Elvis. Um, I, I'm conflicted on this one because I honestly would have loved Brendan Fraser to win for The Whale, honestly. Um, you know they snubbed him because he rejected their offer to come that's probably why they didn't give it to him yep because yeah he's he said I'm done with you and they said oh shit we gotta fight back and so you're not gonna win and he's like I don't care I got a 10 minute standing ovation in France you think I care about some award that's gonna sit on my shelf Mm -hmm. I'm glad Austin Butler won because that means if he gets nominated for an Oscar and doesn't win he still has the Golden Globe and that makes me happy I mean, he, he put also. A, oh, oh, go ahead. go ahead, Mike. Uh, he put in a lot of work, uh, Austin Butler. He he really did. And again, for for what the movie really like is worth, I I do think that Austin Butler put a lot of effort mm-hmm. into his his portrayal as Elvis. So I I will give him a lot of credit for that. Um, I mean, he sung like Elvis. I mean. He was perfect. Yeah, it was. It was he great. He did a lot of time listening to Elvis singing and talking in different eras, um, because Elvis actually kind of changes his style and everything and the way of talking um, mm-hmm. through different ages. And there are actually interviews with Austin Butler after the movie comes out, where he's like, "Guys, I don't know if this is my real voice because I've been doing Elvis." For the last two years of my life mm-hmm. and uh yeah so i mean kudos to him for 
you know, being able to not only just hear, you know, the differences, the subtle differences in someone's voice and how they talk and how they sing in different eras, but then also be able to imitate that. Like, I could barely do an accent for a long time. What are you talking about? You did this for two years. That That's always the big thing that I always love to give, you know, actors, actresses credit for is you can understand subtle differences in someone's voice, but actually putting it into action, you know, word, words are, it, you, you can hear it, but you can't just do it. You have to practice. You have to put in time to actually perfect it. And even then, there's a lot of points where who knows, maybe your voice is not suitable for something like that. Okay, so our um, next category, Mike should like who won uh, for best actress, motion picture, musical slash comedy. Uh, our nominees were Michelle Yeoh, uh, Leslie Manville, Margot Robbie, Anna Taylor-Joy, and Emma Thompson. And of course, Michelle Yeoh won for everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, so yes for her because she is awesome and gorgeous and everything. So do you guys, I, I'm guessing that I know the answer to this, but what are y'all's thoughts for this category? Um, happy for her, really enjoyed her role. Yeah. nothing much else not really disappointing in anything i have two things actually uh first i would want to say i am very shocked to see that they decided to put anya taylor joy in that that category of like uh, a motion picture that's a comedy slash music musical specifically because the movie itself the menu it has some funny moments, but I would never consider it a comedy. I think the last clip, not to fully spoil anything for anyone, but where she asks him to make a burger and like, it can't be the fancy burger. It has to be an actual burger. And like, they have that little banter moment where he's like, oh, I can do that. I could do that better and make you like taste the very first burger you ever had that you actually hated or whatever. Um, I think that if that whole movie was just like just what he made for everybody else and then just that clip, I think it would have been more comedic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because they also the trailers for it kind of made it seem like not necessarily horror, but like suspense. Suspense. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be much more of a balance between thriller slash comedy, but all I got was thriller. That is, yeah. it, again, spare moments of, of comedy, but very few in between. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so it completely shocked me. And again, I, I will say, I too few categories for this one. Um, but I also will say Michelle Yeoh, oh my gosh, her performance in this was, and, and she's gone on in interviews to say that this was like a once in a lifetime type of role that, that she got where she was able to show her entire 
uh, skill tools for for um, the acting for that role. Mm-hmm. Um, she was able to show everything everywhere all at once, dare I say. But um, that that she, the big thing that I love about this movie is so many of the major actors, major actresses, they pretty much say that this was like a, a redefining film for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm just happy to see that she got the, the recognition she deserved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So our next category goes into best actor for motion picture, musical slash comedy. Our nominees were Colin Farrell, uh, Diego Calva, Daniel Craig, Adam Driver, and Ralph Fiennes. And who won was Colin Farrell for the Banshees of Inisherin. Mm-hmm. What are y'all's thoughts? I have no thoughts on this one since I also didn't see any of the films in that category. So wasn't mad, wasn't sad, wasn't happy, just kind of meh. I think that I, I again disclaimer, I have not watched Banshees. I was honestly about to do it tonight. Um because I mean because of how many awards it got, it really did make me think. I should give it a go. I, I've heard people talk about it and say it's good. So why not give it a shot? Um, and at the same time, I will say the the movie that I did watch that I I loved his character was Daniel Craig with uh, Benoit Blanc because I, I'll be completely honest, I have never watched a single 007 movie. I know that is like, blasphemous Carter have you oh yeah I've seen like half of the Bond movies I've seen some from I've seen some from I've seen all the Daniel Craig movies and then I've seen some from I tried to save it to make sure I wasn't the only one because I was about to feel really old if I was the only one oh no no I love Daniel Craig's Bond which is why I was disappointed he didn't get the award for uh, Glass Onion, because he's got another iconic character in Benoit Blanc, and you know I was just, I was really upset that he didn't take that, but it's fine. I think Colin Farrell should have won for the Penguin and the Batman. If I were to choose a role, it would be that one because he wasn't even he wasn't even recognizable in that role. I had to go on IMDb. I was like, oh, I wonder who played the Penguin. It was Colin Farrell. Okay, yeah. I would say I I hope that, and I I need to check again for nominations for. Uh, if they even have that up for best makeup over in the Oscars. God, I hope they do. If they don't. In the Oscars, they do. They, they don't always it. say it on TV. They don't always give that award on TV. Um, but they do have like best costume, best uh, yeah. makeup, best set design. I, I guess I wasn't sure what if they have the list out already because I know some of the smaller, I know some of the smaller nominee lists, they, they just sent that out. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, like, yeah, like costume. Um, and I'm pretty sure everything everywhere all at once was not a part of that, which a lot of people were surprised about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I would love yeah. to see if the Batman did get uh, put in that because, yeah, Colin Farrell was unrecognizable in the Batman. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal, um, fantastic. But we should yeah. know. Oh, I was going to say, we should know by like, 
the 17th no that 17th is when the ballots are closing um but we will know the oscar nominations on the 24th awesome. of january great to know mm -hmm. um, so we will keep you all updated with that one too we'll give you the full oscars nominees list that's perfect. So the, the just the final thing, I'll, I'll make it super quick, but uh, along with like 007 and Daniel Craig, I have never seen him really play a role other than this one episode of SNL that he hosted. And I loved it. I loved when he was on that. And I was like, ah, I, I don't know. I haven't watched it. Let's see what, you know, Glass Onion's like. And I was completely in love with the character. The character was just the funniest, cutesy little Southern man that I've ever seen with the intellect of Sherlock Holmes. You could not have had a more perfect character. Mm -hmm. And it is very upsetting to think that he did not get that uh, award. But again, I haven't given Colin Farrell a fair shake yet. Mm -hmm. Well, we are now moving into the best supporting actor and actresses. Um, so actresses are first for motion picture. We have Angela Bassett, Carrie Condon, Jamie Lee Curtis, Dolly De Leon, and Carrie Mulligan. And Angela Bassett won for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which first off, for the fact that any Hollywood awards, whatever company, I don't know what to call, awards thing, did anything superhero related, especially Marvel, that's a win. <laughs> um, but then second, like for honestly, only two of the actresses, um, I'm guessing. Let me double check on Carrie Condon. Um, oh, I don't want the picture. I wanted the thing. I keep um are under well, that's not oh yeah, 39 years old. Okay, she's so she's like just on the cusp of it. Um but like all the actresses were like not old, but older for best mm -hmm. supporting. And I think that goes to show you that, like, we still have very strong female actresses in Hollywood. Um, that, yes, they might be, like, 50s, 60s, but they are still strong enough to show you that, like, they they might be supporting, but they're going to make you remember them. Mm -hmm. um, so what are y'all thoughts? I mean, her performance is really good in um, Black Panther. Um, I just, she had like such a minor role in the movie. I just didn't feel like she got enough scenes to like get that award. Just my opinion. I, 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 I haven't seen Black Panther just yet. Again, I, I, with Marvel, I have been very wishy-washy about whether I want to watch the movies just because I the, the last one I watched in theaters and fully was uh, 
Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, and I said, okay, you know, let's let's take a break for myself. Um, but regardless, I I think it's more incredible because this is the first major uh, uh, award that Marvel has ever gotten for an individual actor mm-hmm. and, or actress. Um, and I, I looked at it and it's, it's incredible to think that Marvel has been around for 14 years. <laughs> yeah, 14 years since Iron Man 2008. And it has four different movies in the top 10 highest grossing movies of all time. Um, and this is their first time. It took 14 years for them to finally get one. Mm-hmm. And because I feel like Hollywood was like, you know, especially when they have people like, oh, who was it? Uh, I think Quentin Tarantino is one of them. There's Quentin another Tarantino one. And Martin Scorsese. Yeah, they're all, you know, big guys of Hollywood. They're like, that's not real movies. Yes. What? I, I think. And this is like a very, very just convoluted, very complex topic to really cover. But um, I see merit on both sides. I really do. Um, Mostly for the fact that I think, especially in phase four of of Marvel, there's been a a very clear evidence, form of evidence that quality has been declining a little bit in the story the dialogue some of the stuff they they, they're kind of uh spreading themselves out pretty thin lately with so many different stories um i i think that there should be in my opinion for golden globe specifically i think there should be some sort of category for uh blockbusters stuff like that because you never really see Marvel, Star Wars, any of that stuff get nominated unless it's for for graphics or for uh, environment or makeup. Um, I think that there should be some way to show these big corporations what people really like, what what is getting those awards. Mm-hmm. Maybe then it might give a little bit more creative freedom for these people yeah but yeah i mean your argument for phase four of um marvel also goes into phase four is essentially phase one again it's just yeah we're so used to the big blockbuster them all together movies that we were um Crap, I can't remember the word. We feel entitled now. I'll I'll change my sentence to accommodate for the fact I can't think of a word. Um, we feel entitled to the big blockbuster movies that we're upset that we have to go back and actually learn about individuals. And so we feel like there's not as much stuff because it's just a singular or Um, character or just like you know a small group like for ant-man or uh guardians you know it's a little thing that we've okay we've already gotten their background so can you tell us when they're gonna meet up again 
but we can't get that until we meet the other characters. Right. And I I would say, at least with phase four, my favorite and like the one that I think has a lot of great value to it is um Shang-Chi. Um that one was my favorite out of all of them. Um specifically because again it, it, i i think that it almost i appreciate it when they almost go out of that status quo of what marvel movies have or even even star wars the the latest uh tv series and or that's some of the best content star wars has gotten in my opinion for for the the context of it for the, the story of it because it went against that status quo of what we are always expecting. And with Shang-Chi, yeah, it had a, a pretty similar plot line or plot summary of like what some of the other ones have, you know, plot points, I guess. That's the best one, plot points. Um, but I think it went against the status quo of actually giving us more complex and better, better movement and aim for action scenes mm-hmm. and because of that you could really really get engrossed in the the combat and that's a huge thing for for a martial arts style movie um and i think because of that it, it really did shine and i think that there should be some merit for for um these people to to get the recognition they deserve yeah absolutely mm-hmm. not disagreeing with you on that one no <laughs> that <yeah>. part <laughs> um all right so our best supporting actor uh nominations coming off of our geek tangent um is uh ki hoi kwan brendan gleason barry keoghan brad pitt and eddie redmayne and our winner was course ki hoi kwan for everything everywhere all at once so i I keep stopping in between everything and everywhere because i'm like no it's everywhere no i have to like (laughs) read it so everything everywhere all at once so both the lead actress and the sporting actor for this movie have won their categories Mm -hmm. and i think that's awesome yeah, I think that's great too. I really love that movie. It's good to see Kihei Kwan get some recognition um, after he kind of left acting for a little bit and came back and won an award. That's really inspiring for up and coming actors, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> that, yes. Kihei Kwan, he, uh, um, I mean, this was his first major role since either Goonies or Indiana Jones. I want to say it was Goonies. It's Goonies. Yeah. And and otherwise, Hollywood never saw him again until now. And I don't know if you guys ever watched the, the acceptance speech that he had. Yeah, it was great. It I made me cry it. when he was like, listen, I, I didn't think I could do anything ever again. I was like, no! I cried oh. hard because I mean... The, the big thing, and I, I always, I, I read a lot about the behind the scenes for this movie because I, I completely loved it. I mean, it, it's my, I have it on multiple platforms at this point. I own it on so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And one of the things that Kihoi Kwan uh, uh, had an issue with when he was doing this movie was feeling like he could do it. He was feeling so inadequate at the time because of big stars like Michelle Yeoh, Jamie Lee Curtis, um, the Daniels, you know, all sorts of big names being on set, you know, checking him out, all that stuff. After being gone for so long, I he he just like he said in the acceptance speech, he didn't think that he could do it ever. And after one scene, apparently, you know, it, it was a scene that he had by himself. He was nervous beyond all hell to do it. He did it. And apparently, Jamie Lee Curtis could really tell just how he was feeling because after that scene, Jamie went up to him hugged him and said you were amazing he was like oh thank you and jamie lee curtis was, was saying no you did fantastic gave him a longer hug and it was at that moment where he hit uh, uh felt adequate finally he felt mm -hmm. like he could do that movie yeah. it was that healing moment that i swear this whole movie if you look at the behind the scenes it was like some sort of therapy session for all the actors mm -hmm. yeah which honestly if they're willing to admit that out loud maybe they can help get hollywood to destigmatize mental health because that's a lot of issues or the leading cause of a lot of the issues with that a lot of actors and actresses and so to be able to have films like this that impact not only like the audience but the actors themselves to be able to heal from whatever you know that's that's important because it shows that movies go beyond just entertainment mm -hmm. um all right so our next category is best picture for animated um we had guillermo del toro's pinocchio we had Inu O, Marcel, the shell with shoes on. That one should be a tongue twister. Uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and Turning Red. And my, I'm just gonna say it. For me, this is how I feel about this. But of course, Guillermo del Toro's uh, Pinocchio won the category, not any of the other ones, cause they're, you know. I mean, Antonio Banderas is a um, well-known actor in Hollywood, but he's not, you know, he's not one of those big names as much as Guillermo del Toro is. So that's my feeling. Um, I really think Turning Red, I haven't seen Puss in Boots, The Last Wish yet, um, but I really think Turning Red did a lot with dialogue between not only showing people differences in households um especially between cultures but also you know hey let's give away for girls to be able to talk about stuff and yeah it's embarrassing and awkward and you know it happens though we need to be able to find a way to deal um but 
and I, I, I didn't see Inu O or Marcel the shell with shoes on. Um, but they both look super cute, especially the shell one, Marcel. Um, but yeah, what are y'all, what are y'all thinking? I was really conflicted with this one. I really wanted Puss in Boots to win because of how good that movie was. Um, but I'm a huge Guillermo del Toro fan, and any win that he can get is a win in my book. And I'm really glad Pinocchio won because that was a really good adaption of the story. So I was conflicted, and I couldn't have gone either way, but I'm ultimately happy that uh, Guillermo del Toro wins another award and that means he gets more recognition and that means he can produce more things so to win for me um i feel very embarrassed right now because the only one i have watched is turning red um and i i think if i'm not mistaken i think that is a disney exclusive or is it a pixar it's a disney plus exclusive and it's mediocre in my opinion I think their best I like the dialogue. I, to me, it got me very excited for the upcoming age where they are going to have movies about late 90s, early 2000s, um, just because I feel very nostalgic for stuff like that. You know, I'm a 2000 kid and some of my earliest memories are stuff like the GameCube and, uh, you know, watching SpongeBob and mm-hmm. and all sorts of like 2000s type of things. Nets uh, to Classified School Survival Guide, Drake and Josh. I mean, it, it, it just, there's all sorts of things. And it got me really excited because it felt more modern than the, some of the other movies that I see in, you know, these. Um, I think that there was, you know, a lot more about like the 80s, stuff like that, and see something about, yeah, 2001, that was fun. That was just extremely, extremely fun for me, and that probably blinded my judgment <laughs> of the movie, mm-hmm. but um, otherwise, I, I enjoyed it. I liked some of the stuff that they included. I know there is a controversy about how they uh, had a few lines about tampons and, you know, periods. And I can't believe that's controversy because it's a thing that happens. The overreaction to that movie was, it was stunning to watch, but like in a bad way, you know? It was a marvel to see people get so up in arms about normal human bodily things. My my only I'm one that my I daily was, life. I would say the only one that was like actually so funny that it became good was people overreacting about well one person specifically writing about how it did not address the awkwardness of not post nine eleven America. Oh, yeah, I've seen a bunch of memes on YouTube about that. It's really funny, actually, but, like, in the horrible way. (laughs) No, that one was just so funny to me, and the memes that came out of that just made it so funny that it became good. It was, it's like the room. It's so bad that it's good. Yeah, that's very true, yeah. But otherwise, I digress. (laughs) 
Um, I am going to speed round through these next few ones because mm-hmm. um, there is one other question that's not related to this, but um, just looking forward because we started a new year, new season. Um, so, you know, I want to talk about upcoming things. Um, but so if you guys want to say something, then you are more than welcome to. But so for best drama series, um, it was between House of the Dragon I thought it was just called House of Dragon, not House of the Dragon. Um, Better Call Saul, The Crown, Ozark, and Severance. And uh, House of the Dragon won for Best Drama Series. Um, Best Musical slash Comedy Series was Abbott Elementary, um, The Bear, Hacks, Only Murders in the Building, and Wednesday. And Abbott Elementary one, which as a future teacher, I am really happy about because it speaks the truth on so many levels, even though it's a comedy. It is so accurate. It's very relatable. Um, we have best limited series anthology series or television motion picture. Why that couldn't be split up into, I don't know, two different categories, because, you know, if you talk to series versus a movie. But anyway, uh, we had The White Lotus, Blackbird, Dahmer, The Dropout, and Pam and Tommy. And I will say, thank God Dahmer did not win. It was The White Lotus that won. Um, but, and then we have, okay, uh, best actress for that category. Um, we had Amanda Seyfried, Jessica Chastain, Julia Gardner, Lily James, and Julia Roberts. And it was Amanda Seyfried who won in The Dropout. Uh, best Actor for limited series and everything. Evan Peters, Taryn Egerton, Colin Firth, Andrew Garfield, or Sebastian Stan. And I'm upset about this just because I don't like the idea of this series at all um evan peters won for playing Dahmer. this one is such a weird idea because while i absolutely do not approve of that series at all Mm -hmm. um the only thing i will say is evan peters from what i have heard did a great job playing Dahmer. And I don't think he even liked the fact that he did a good job. <laughs> so I, it's a very conflicting thing of like, you did great. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, my, that's my feeling too. Like, I refuse to watch it. Um, and I'm a person who likes watching, you know, the Criminal Minds and, you know, other procedural dramas and um, especially the ones where you're trying to find serial killer. Um, but that one, because there were so many things of the victims' families coming out and saying, we did not approve this. We wish, we told them that we did not want this to be used and they still went ahead with it. I had so much problem with it where I was like, nope, we're not supporting this whatsoever. So like on one hand, I'm like, good job, Evan Peters for like being a great actor, but also why are we validating this series? Mm-hmm because of the extra trauma that you put these families through that was not needed. But um, 
for best television actress for drama series, there was Zendaya, Emma Darcy, Laura Linney, Imelda Stanton, and Hilary Swank. And thankfully, Zendaya won for Euphoria. Um, excuse me, best television actor for drama series, Kevin Costner, Jeff Bridges, Diego Luna, Bob Odenkirk, and Adam Scott. And Kevin Costner won for Yellowstone. I I have one thing I want to say, or two yeah. things I want to say. Both Diego Luna did a great job. Even if he didn't win, I want him to know that Andor is, again, best bit of content from Star Wars uh, in a long, long, long time. And Better Call Saul in general got completely just robbed. robbed. They have never gotten a major win. Better Call Saul has never gotten a major award, which is Bob upset. Odenkirk deserved that award, in my opinion. I can't believe he didn't get it. I'm surprised it didn't get best uh, drama series. I yeah. really believe that. It was the end. The end was perfect. Yeah. Um, for best television actress for musical slash comedy was uh, Quinta Brunson, Kaylee Kuko. I feel like I say her last name wrong every time I say it. Selena Gomez, Jenny Ortega, and Jean Smart. And Quinta Brunson won for Abbott Elementary, which she does a phenomenal job. Um, best television actor for musical or comedy series was Jeremy Allen White, Donald Glover, Bill Hader, Steve Martin, or Martin Short. And it was Jeremy Allen White. And I will say this, I never truly watched Shameless, but I've seen all the clips that get posted to TikTok and him portraying Rip, or Lip, not Rip, <laughs> Lip, he's a phenomenal actor too. Um, and I know that that show was supposed to be like a hard hitting one at times too. So yeah, the, I, I will say it, it, the other thing I will point out is Bill Hader's Barry, a uh, character for Barry in you know season three it feels weird that it's still considered a comedy in some ways because that one is much more of a drama now it's evolved it was originally dark comedy with peppermint you know peppered in uh parts of drama but it's evolved into dark comedy is the side point yeah all right uh so the last two that i want to highlight there are other categories um but kind of glossed over them. But so the last two I want to say was the Cecil B. DeMille Award um, was won by Eddie Murphy. And I was just about, I'm trying to like figure out what exactly that award is. Yeah, I had no idea when he, I'm like, what is he getting the award for? I think someone told me about it. I didn't it. understand those awards like at all. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I think someone so, told me about it last night and I was like completely freaking out because I had just finished the column and I was like, how did I not hear about Eddie Murphy winning anything? And then I realized it was Cecil B. DeMille. And I was like, okay, 
at least he wasn't part of the lit long list of wins that that I looked at. Well, so the Cecil B. DeMille Award is for um, outstanding contributions to the world of entertainment, um, which absolutely Eddie Murphy has contributed to the world of entertainment. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and the last one is the Carol Burnett Award, um, which was won by Ryan Murphy. Um, and I'm not sure what exactly he was, like what he was in that won it or anything. Um, but if I remember correctly, the Carol Burnett Award is for um, comedy? Hmm. Or is it just, oh, it's outstanding contributions to television on or off the screen. So basically any TV shows and stuff. Um, I'll be honest and say that I don't know who Ryan Murphy is, or at least I don't recognize his name. I'm sure if I looked him up, I might find something he's been in, but. That does sound very familiar. I, I'll, I'll definitely, maybe next episode, if I, I am back, I'll definitely talk a bit more if I know this person. Okay. Well, he's a producer for like Dahmer, American Horror Story, Watcher, Glee. He does like a lot of LGBTQ presentation. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, they definitely have a colorful, uh, why am I blinking on what portfolio? Yeah, that is a rainbow. I mean, American Horror Story right next to Glee is weird, but anyway. Oh, I am being told told that it is, it's not Cecil. Um, It it is Cecil. Sorry. I have no idea. I always thought it was Cecil. My bad. (laughs) It's spelled like Cecil, so. (laughs) Okay, so my final question for the night before we get into our geek recommendations. It is the new year. It is still the beginning of January. So we don't have too much out yet, but there is a big slate of things um, coming out this year across the geek world. So what are, I'll say, maximize it at three things but at least your top one thing that you are excited about coming out uh, this year for the 2023 year. What geeky thing are you excited for? And we can do a round table or we could just do one at a time if you need help thinking. Uh, I'm really excited for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse and the new Mission Impossible movie, but my number one thing is Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I've been waiting a very long time for this movie, and I'm so excited that they're bringing in two characters from the Guardian mythos that mean a lot to me because I, I loved reading a lot about the Guardians of the Galaxy when those first two movies were coming out, and I'm really excited to see how James Gunn is going to close this chapter on the MCU. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say so in the universe of musicals, one, we are sadly over 
over a year, but one year closer to Wicked Part One, the movie musical coming out. Mm-hmm. Just got pushed back a year. It keeps um, pushed back. Well, it got pushed back because something else was coming out. I think it was like Minions pushed it back or something. And then Minions came out like two years ago. Oh my gosh. But then I think they were like, oh, it's like we're splitting it into two movies, so we're pushing it back even more. And I was like, what the heck? Um, but that is coming out this year, finally. Or next year, finally. We're one year closer. Um, so it was unfortunately not coming out this year. But in other Broadway news, um, Andrew Lloyd Webber has a new musical called Bad Cinderella. And I am super interested in this um, because Andrew Lloyd Webber, for those of you who don't know, he wrote Phantom of the Opera is like his most notable. So if he's turning Cinderella into something, calling it Bad Cinderella, the music is about to be amazing. Um, And they're going to have so much talent and it's going to be fantastic. So yeah, that is my big thing that I am excited for this year. Mm-hmm. What about what about you, Mike? Uh, you know, I am going to have to steal uh, Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 from you, Carter. I'm sorry that I'm stealing that. But yeah, I, I am so excited for that. It, it definitely is my most highly anticipated movie right right next to and this might seem odd but john wick chapter four i'm also extremely excited for i love those action movies they are just like some of my comfort movies and to see what happens i i'm not gonna lie i really hope that this is the end for john wick now we got one more after this one they're gonna end it off on five i mean they might as well do a saga and do six too I don't know why they wouldn't. And they're doing the spinoff with Ana de Armas, the ballerina. I really think that they should just try to end it at four. I I mean, that's just my preference, just because I really think it'll just try. I want it to to have like a good, well-rounded end, not Mm -hmm. some, a lot of action movies have this issue of just ending on such a sour note mm-hmm. and I don't want that to happen with John Wick it's already so beloved to me so I'm curious to see what happens in this one and the final thing that I have is I oh my gosh I don't even know what to choose for a video game uh this upcoming year uh the one that I think I am probably most excited to see how it'll change the fighting game community possibly is street fighter six it is actually going for a much more uh uh street culture type of uh uh, influence and really taking the street fighter name very literal and that's what i absolutely love about this one um a lot of the other uh, Street Fighter games, they they kind of had that street element to it, but this one really goes into graffiti and just just more of that almost like hip hop culture, 
and it makes for something so colorful and so vibrant that I want to see if this helps the the some of the fighting game stuff really really use art direction just like how Guilty Gear Strive did but anyway there's so much for video games and this is going to be my last thing a self-plug uh level up chips is coming back with mac max is back from japan he was my co-host for 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 multiple multiple seasons mm -hmm. and i i held it off this past one because he was in japan but now he is back and we are back with a vengeance definitely because this year is going to be one of the biggest years for games since 2017. So I'm so excited for everybody and I'm excited for how this year is going to look. Yeah, hey. for video games, I'm really excited for Spider-Man 2 and the new Jedi uh, Survivor game. That's Those are my two favorites. And, and that my favorite, my second favorite game of all time, Kirby's Return to Dreamland is getting a remake on the Switch and that comes out literally next month. I'm very excited for that. Perfect. Uh, my last two, I finally remembered what they were. Um, 80 for Brady with Jane Fonda and Rita Moreno and um, oh, who played Aunt May for Andrew Garfield's um, Sally, was it Sally Field? Sally, Sally Field. Fields, okay. Um, and did I say Jane Fonda? Already? Yeah. Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlinson. Those four, that movie looked so chaotic and so good all at the same time because those four women are just so amazing. Um, so that's coming out in February. And I think it's coming out before the Super Bowl because it's about the Super Bowl, like them trying to get into the Super Bowl at some point. It also has Billy Porter in it. Um, so those four women plus Billy Porter equals a lot of fun chaos. Um, but the other one is the next installment of the Fast Furious franchise. Fast 10 is coming out this year. Um, I'm super excited because they've been adding all these different actors into it, like Jason Momoa. And I'm just like, listen, I need you to stop adding actors and telling us that you're adding actors and just give me the movie already. So yeah. I I actually didn't think that you were super into the Fast and Furious movies. I, I love those movies. I guess I haven't given them a fair shake, so maybe I should check them out. I will say, like, you can definitely tell the beginning movies when they were made versus the more recent movies. Mm -hmm. um, just because, like, the stunts and everything and the cars uh, get way more updated in the newer movies. Um, right. but they all keep the same theme of family and like that theme of found family too. Um, cause like, yeah, Dom and Mia are related, but they're the only two that are actually like blood related until you get Jacob John Cena in the last movie. But that's another story that we'll get. We'll see what happens in fast 10, what happens with him. Um, but, like, the idea that, yeah, the found family is definitely a major theme throughout all of the movies. Mm -hmm. um, 
and that especially with Tokyo Drift that you can go somewhere else be you can be shipped off somewhere that you don't want to go to and you can still find a new family type of thing you can still find your people um I love that yeah so it's not just cars and racing and cool stunts um because it's also moved away from like the street racing aspect but yeah it looks really good um no trailers have dropped yet i need a trailer to drop so i can freak out a little bit more on it but that probably won't happen for another couple months so yeah oh man (laughs) um as always on raving geeks we like to end our episodes with some geeky recommendations whether it's books movies um some music video games anything geek related um so who would like to start us off with their recommendations? Uh, I'll go first because I only have one, and that is for everybody to rent Puss in Boots, please. It's, it's, it's rentable now. You don't, even have to, you don't even have to leave your couch anymore. Just please see the movie. All right, I'm doing that then. It's so good. Um, I, my, my quick recommendation is a previous game that got snubbed for Best Indie, uh, last year, but it is a game called Tunic. Um, I th- this might seem weird, but um, it is basically a fox that is almost in a Legend of Zelda style adventure. Um, it's really cool because it has a manual in the game, and it's supposed to be almost like those old retro games where you had to look in the manual to try and like beat the game and most of it almost like 75 percent of the the manual and the game is in a completely strange language that you don't know you could decipher it if you really wanted to but it's not mandatory for the game and it has some of the greatest and most complex puzzles i have ever seen in a video game and it blew my mind just mm-hmm. how amazing something as simple as a Zelda, uh, almost a very very hard reference to Zelda could actually uh, be I, I thought it would be a love letter turns out it's its greatest puzzle game for for video games mm-hmm. and what is it on what um oh right uh tunic is on the Nintendo switch it's on Xbox consoles, it's on PlayStation consoles, and it's on PC. So pretty much anything. Any, anything. any <laughs> yeah, any any modern console and even PS4 and Xbox One. Um, well, my recommendations, I don't know if you could hear Loki in the background, um howling at walls for no reason. Um, but if you are in Mount Pleasant I, and you like cats and you can't necessarily have a cat in your apartment or wherever you're living, but want to go hang out with some awesome cats, um, Karma Cat Cafe, I think it's on Broadway Street in Mount Pleasant. Yep. Um, they give you a punch card. I think it's only like $5 or something to get in. And they, they want you to stay for at least an hour. But literally, like, if you pay the five bucks, you can stay there for as long as you want. Um, they do want volunteers in the mornings. So if you have afternoon classes, but you're a morning person, you can sign up on their website um, to help get them ready for people to come in. And you can adopt cats from there too. 
they're almost at a thousand adoptions. Um, I think they're only like 20 adoptions away or something from a thousand wow. cats adopted. Um, so I highly recommend that because when I got to visit, I haven't visited in a bit, but when I went, I can't adopt cats right now because when my sister comes home, there's four in our house plus my dog. Um, <laughs> but they're all super sweet and um, you could just sit there and play with them or just like have them in your lap. And um, yeah, it's super, it's a super sweet place. Um, and my other recommendation is to watch on Disney Plus, National Treasure, Edge of History, the Disney Plus series. My dad and I are watching it. I think we're two episodes behind right now. Um, but we already have had Riley Poole come back and in one episode. And I was like, yes, because Riley was always my favorite character. Um, he talks to Ben on the phone, but you don't actually hear Nick Cage's voice. And I don't think Nick Cage is supposed to be in the series at any point. But they reference the fact that they're working on another national treasure and that there's like 47 reasons why you should be interested. And it's a reference to what um, Ben found for the president at the end of when he went into the National Library during the second movie. Um, so I'm hoping that means that they're going to make another movie. It'd be really nice. Um, you had Sadusky, who was the original FBI agent that followed um, Ben and Riley around. Um, but spoiler, he passes away in the first episode. Um, but he kind of, he's what like sets off this whole thing and you get his grandson. Um, oh. And then uh, you also have the guy who is the FBI agent who worked with Sadusky. Um, he's now in charge of the FBI. But yeah, they're all there. And so like you get these snippets from like the old stuff, the original movies. And so it's, you can tell it's connected. Um, and so I absolutely love it. My dad and I, at the end of the last episode we finished, which I think was episode four, we were sitting there just like talking about like who the person could be. We're like, well, it can't be that person. That would be too easy. Now it can't be that person because they're a terrible liar. They couldn't even keep that secret in the first episode. Um, so yeah, it's a really good series and I highly recommend it, especially if you liked the original National Treasure movies um and if you like learning about different sorry Marquette is in a weird phase right now um <laughs> if you like like learning about different histories too because they talk about the Mayans Incas and um Aztecs um awesome. in this show so it's a lot of fun yeah um so that is our recommendations for this week. If you want to reach out to us, we, you can reach out on Twitter or TikTok at Raving Geeks. Uh, we do have a Facebook page as well, but I know that most Gen Zers do not use Facebook anymore. It's kind of becoming MySpace um, or AIM, uh, which kids from the 90s, from after the 90s, there's a guy on TikTok. He's a teacher to like middle schoolers. 
They don't know what AIM is. They also don't know what School of Rock is. And that hurt. <laughs> they didn't know that Jack Black was the main character in a School of Rock. And that really hurt my soul to watch. But it's also really funny. Um, but yeah. So as always, we have been your geeks, Hope Goodrow. Carter Sally. Michael Gonzalez. Uh, and as always, we hope that you have a great weekie and stay geeky, everyone. See, See ya. ya. See ya. <laughs>